Hi folks and welcome to episode 3 of the oldmantreasures.net conversation series. Uh, we've had a couple of episodes so far, of course, and both of those have been with comedians. Today is something a little bit different. Uh, the conversation series is about people who are interesting to me and have uh, you know, special specialties and, and they cover topics that uh, I care about and I'm interested in. So today we have Al Yellen. He is the managing editor of bleedcubbyblue.com, and he is going to be my guest today. We talk about all things Cubs baseball. Uh, the podcast here is based out of the Des Moines area, so we did talk some Iowa Cubs, uh, people who we should be looking forward to seeing here in Des Moines this year. Uh, I think it was just a really fun, crisp conversation. He is a great guy, and I encourage you to go and check out bleedcubbyblue.com. We'll put a link up on the website for that. Uh, so you guys can uh, go over there and see what they've got going on at Al Yellen's site. So without further ado, here is Al Yellen, managing editor of BleedCubbyBlue.com on the OldManTreasures.net conversation series. My guest today is managing editor of the blog BleedCubbyBlue.com. Uh, I am a big fan of the site, and I am looking forward to talking to him today. Al Yellen, how are you today, Al? Good, thanks for having me. Oh, absolutely, sir. So I'll kind of get right into it. Um, you guys are a, a website, all things Cubs, and one of the things that a lot of Cubs fans after last season are really curious about, I think, is the status of Dexter Fowler. Uh, what are your thoughts on uh, the Cubs' chances of keeping him? What are the la- What's the latest you're hearing about that, and uh, how hopeful should we be that he'll be wearing Cubby Blue next year? Well, there's a lot of rumors floating around about Fowler. I mean, obviously he had a fine year for the Cubs, uh, and was a good clubhouse guy, popular with the fans. I mean, this is one year is, uh, is certainly one you'd like to have again. On the other hand, having put uh, Jason Hayward in the fold and expecting him to play center field, is there really a place for Dexter Fowler? Um, if the Cubs re-signed him, um, then there's been some talk that they might trade Jorge Soler, but Hayward and Wright and Fowler back in center, that is a possibility. Uh, you know, so Laird does have a big upside, but of course he has sometimes has problems staying on the field, staying healthy. Um, I, you know, I'd probably put it at 50-50 right now. Um, there haven't been a lot of teams linked to extra Fowler. It is getting very close to spring training, so it's possible. It, it, they might bring him back maybe on another one-year deal. It's uh, in some ways, from, from Fowler's point of view, made a mistake not taking the Cubs qualifying offer uh, and staying for another year. You know, had he done that, you know, the, the rest of the offseason might have been different. Maybe they don't sign Jason Hayward. Maybe they already trade Solaire uh, in that case. But, you know, what's done is done. And could he come back? Like I said, I think I'd put about 50-50 right now. So would you rather have Solaire, you personally, would you rather have Solaire on the ball club or Fowler? Well, I mean, it's really hard to say. You know, you know Solaire's got a big upside. So he's got tremendous power potential. Um, he looks like he's adapted well to Major League Baseball after really, you know, not having a lot of minor league time after coming coming over uh, out of Cuba. On the other hand, you know, he's been injured, and this wasn't just a problem last year. This was a problem for his minor league career too. So, you know, maybe maybe it's time to sell high on Solaire. A lot of a lot of teams would like to have a power potential like that and go with Dexter Fowler. On the other hand, if you do that, you're, then you almost have to commit to Fowler on a longer term because you don't know exactly what's going to happen to uh, you know, a guy like Albert Almora who might wind up taking over 
league. Uh, numbers have not been that good. He's a great defensive player, but um, I'm not 100% convinced that Elmore will be a starting outfielder in the major league. So, you know, put me on the spot. Which one I, would I rather have? You know, maybe I'd go with Soler right now and hope he can stay healthy and be that power guy. It's really a conundrum because considering Fowler's age, you kind of look at that as almost, uh, well, not almost, it's a, it's a knock against him with the uh, average age of the ball club the Cubs are putting on the field right now. You kind of want to keep a good core nucleus, to, nucleus together uh, for the next six, seven years, and it's tough to say that Fowler would be in that conversation during that period of time. Well, on the other hand, you know, next to Fowler, you're not talking about it. You're talking about him almost as if he's ancient. He's only 30. <laughs> that's true, and that's true. decent speed. So, you know, and you're, you're looking at a window here of a couple of years where you really think you can, you can win now. You know, it, it may be uh, two years from now when Jake Arrieta becomes a free agent, that he's gone. And, you know, so you really want to push, I think, to win in the next couple of years, and then you can move on and, and, and try and, you know, get that uh, that core to be supplemented by some of the other players in the system. Um, speak- like I said, I think, I think it's 50-50 right now. Um, you very easily, uh, easily go somewhere else. Um, but uh, that's, uh, that's still to be determined. Definitely. All right. I'm speaking on the phone right now with Al Yellen, uh, managing editor of BleedCubbyBlue.com. I'm glad you mentioned Arietta because he is one guy, of course, that uh, is going to be on the ball club next year. Fans couldn't be happier about it. Um, one thing that uh, was discussed a lot after the season was over was the fact that he really seemed to uh, tire. Didn't seem to. He His velocity was down. Everything was down in the postseason after his uh, wildcard performance. So I'm hearing reports, some that say he's going to uh, be monitored far more closely innings-wise. Some say he's uh, conditioning to come back even stronger next year. Uh, do those two things come hand-in-hand, hand, or if he's stronger, do you just kind of uh, treat him like he did last year, throwing as many innings as he did? Well, I think I, I think he, he kind of hit on the point here. You know, they, they really pushed Jake about a, a little bit farther than maybe they should have pushed him. Maybe they should have watched the innings a little bit more in September. He did admit that he was, you know, after the wild card game, where, you know, he was so great. He was kind of out of gas after that. But way more innings in 2015 than he ever had before in any one season. So, yeah, I think they'll monitor him a little bit better, and especially presuming that they're on another playoff push and can get in the playoffs again. Certainly in September, I think they've monitored his innings so that he can be effective in the postseason. Absolutely. Uh, another guy who is now on the team, uh, John Lackey. What do you expect from Lackey next year? Do you think he's going to have a – I mean, he had a solid year last year, but he is one year older. And you, when you get in those late 30s, you don't quite know what you're going to get out of a guy. Um, what are your thoughts and what's your take on him? Well, you know, that's one of the reasons I was a little bit uh, leery about, about signing with Lackey in the first place. He is 36 years old. Uh, he had one of his best years last year. Um, but, you know, he seems like a guy who works hard. He's been through a number of playoff seasons. He knows what it takes to be ready for the playoffs. Again, it's a guy who's you know, innings might have to be monitored later in the season if he, you know, if he wears down a little bit. But, you know, he's obviously been there. And I, I'm hoping that he can, you know, to say he can repeat the year he had for the Cardinals, that's going to be a tough one because he was really good. Uh, but, you know, if he can just be even close to that, uh, the Cubs will be just fine with him. Uh, we're inside one month now until pitchers and catchers report. Um, it, that's That's coming up fast. Spring training right around the corner. Last year, uh, Chris Bryant really broke onto the scene during spring training. Do you think, or have you guys even uh, uh, taken a look at who's going to be on uh, the spring training roster and who might 
kind of break through in that way, or who do you look to be a surprise uh, down there in Mesa? Uh, you know, to be honest with you, um, first of all, the Cubs released their non-roster list today. There's only 18 players on it. The past couple of years, they've had 24, 25 players, uh, non-roster invited to the camp. And one of the reasons there are fewer this year is that there's fewer positions open, really. You know, a lot of the positions now are locked up by guys who came up during last year. Players like Soler and Kyle Schwarber and Addison Russell and Bryant. That really isn't a place for young players to pick you this year. Um, it's really unlikely that any uh, phenom will, you know, put together some kind of spring that will blow everybody else away. And, and that guy will wind up on the opening day roster. It just doesn't seem likely. Uh, this is a, you know, this is now a kind of a mature team. I mean, by mature, I mean, I don't mean older. I mean, it's a team that has, you know, got players brought into the system. They've now established themselves in major league positions. And there isn't a lot of room for anything but maybe a couple of bench players to break well, it's a nice problem to have, for sure. Um, although, us down here in Iowa, of course, we have the Iowa Cubs of the, of the AAA Ball Club for Chicago here. Uh, last year was an exciting time for us because we got to see Kyle Schwarber a couple of times for $8. Uh, that'll never happen again. Uh, do you do you look at the AAA roster, and um, what, what do you see? What do we here in Des Moines have to look forward to this year uh, as far as uh, upcoming Major League talent? Who do you think is going to be... Uh, potentially a breakout, even if they aren't with the the now matured Chicago ball club, as you said. Who do we who sh- who can we see here that we can see in the big leagues in a year or two? Well, one guy who has been kind of a you know a lightning uh, a, a lightning bolt point, a talking point for a lot of Cubs fans is Dan Vogelbach. Vogelbach mm-hmm. uh, was was drafted you know as a, a great hitter out of high school. He hasn't quite put together the power that everybody thought he would have. You know, he's, he's a big chunky guy. He doesn't really play defense at all. I mean, not even first base. I have seen this man play first base, and he's not really very good at it. <laughs> you wouldn't want him anywhere near the outfield. But the guy can hit. And I think that uh, he needs to establish himself as a triple-A hitter before he even has a chance to play anywhere in the major leagues. It may be because he seems targeted for DH in the major leagues that he could uh, wind up as trade bait. But he's somebody who you could definitely watch to see if he has a breakout year in triple-A injured part of last year at double-A. Uh, he drew a lot of walks and for a pretty good batting average. didn't hit a lot of home runs. If he can start hitting for power at Iowa, you know, you're going to see teams calling up Theo and, and asking if they can acquire him. He's been kind of compared to uh, Billy Butler, who had some good years at DH for the Royals. So, you know, that's the kind of player that you're looking at, a guy who, you know, can hit a little bit, has some mid-range power, but doesn't really play much in the field. It's going to be interesting because down at the Pacific Coast League level, they have the DH. So, uh, I'll be watching very closely to see if they do try and try him at a position or if they want to uh, DH him more often. Right. Oh, definitely. All right, Al, uh, uh, just a couple more questions for you. You did mention, or I mentioned Kyle Schwarber as a guy who uh, last year um, you know, was a catcher down at AAA. We tried him a little bit at the at the ball big league level. I think he played, what, 15 games uh, behind the plate? Right. Something like that, yeah. So, do you think that's where he's gonna his future is, or um, I know that Madden's gonna move him around a lot, but do you think he is a catcher of the future, or should uh, should we be expecting him more in left field? That's a big talking point right now for the Cubs. That's a good question. I mean, I know he wants to catch, and I know the Cubs would like to be able to get him to be a competent major league catcher because, you know, that, obviously that bat plays anywhere. You can put you know that kind of hitting in left field, right field, you know, whatever. But if you have that kind of bat behind the plate, well, then you have something special because most catchers don't have like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's worked hard with the Cubs catching coach, Mike Borzello. 
Um, he will start some games up in the plate, I would think, just to, you know, the fact that the Cubs have two, two, uh, you know, two other catchers and then uh, Schwarber is the third guy who can catch, even though I think he'll play most of his time in left field, is a bonus. Um, if he, you know, looks good behind the plate, you know, maybe they work him into a rotation in a year or so, or maybe they trade Miguel Montero and make him the full time catcher in 2017. So, you know, that's a really good question. Yeah, you get the sense that uh, Montero's great, but they would they would love to have uh, Schwarber even be a serviceable defensive catcher so they can upgrade dramatically uh, at that position. Uh, Al Yellen, managing editor of BleedCubbyBlue.com on the phone with me. Last thing, Al, um, go ahead and pump your site. What do you guys have coming up over there, and what can uh, uh, folks read right now if they click over to the to the site? Well, I mean, covering a little bit about the, uh, you know, about the, training on roster guys and and uh you know camp coming up we've got a countdown going day by day uh the days till spring training camp and just you know covering the news that happens once camp starts uh we'll try and get some some photos and video from there to, to cover the first workouts before spring training and just looking forward to the baseball season absolutely as are uh, we here in des moines thank you so much al for being on the line with us today uh you uh you can have continued success over there at bleedcubbyblue.com and we will talk to you down the road. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, sir. Take care. All right, that was Al Yellen of BleedCubbyBlue.com. Again, we appreciate him being on the show, and uh, you can check him out at BleedCubbyBlue.com, him and a few other writers over there. All right, that's going to do it for us here at the OldManTreasures.net conversation series. Don't forget to check out the rest of the site here at OldManTreasures.net or visit the blog page for uh, the writings of myself, Mark Von Onen, Travis Turnus, all of us over there. And the uh, podcast will be on iTunes very shortly, so look forward to that. My name is Joel Fry, and I hope you guys have a great rest of your evening. Take care.